Welcome to Talk is Cheap, where cheap is talk and talk is cheap. I'm Dan Holfeld. Thanks for joining me again on this awesome episode. And I want to restate right here, YouTube's been on a war for information. And if you guys have been paying attention, they're a lot, they want to censor us big time. So I encourage you to follow me over on BitChute, DTube, go over and subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Music. Now, with that being said, there's a lot of stuff going around about the event. I know I've covered a lot on this show. And a big thing is we were kind of looking at the date of the 18th, like, whoa, you know, this is kind of people were feeling that this was going to be it. And on the 18th, you could say that there was some stuff happening. We had some CMEs come in. We had the Schumann residents going up off the charts and a lot of, causing a lot of people even to feel tired. I know I felt tired. It's like, whoa, I need more extra sleep. It's like, mm. but one thing that took the internet by storm is a lady had her own experience on the, this would have been on the 13th of March. And I was like, whoa, so like a week before we thought this was going to happen. And I haven't really had anything substantial happen at all, except on the 18th, I want to say I felt energy, like I've never felt energy before. But she put a video out on YouTube, and let's take a look at that right now. Time, listen to me. It's very important. Don't be afraid. Can you hear me? It's coming. Don't be afraid when you see it. I'm, I need to let you know it's going to stop the video. It's coming. Something is coming. It's already started. I had to make an emergency video. It's coming. It will look like a rape. Please, family, just listen to me. It's coming. It will look like a rainbow. It's going to frighten a lot of people when you see it. I just have to say this. They're going to shut it down. Tell your children, tell your family. If they see something coming, it'll look like a big cloud of rainbow. It'll start coming closer. They're not going to let this video stay on. So very weird. You can see that it's cutting in and out. She joins me right now. Her name is Flurburn. Flurburn, thanks for joining me. Steve, Steve, how are you? Pretty damn well. So that video right there, so it was cutting in and out. Were you? That was a live stream on YouTube, right? A live stream. And I had the impulse to make the video after the event had already occurred. And originally when I had experience the event, I didn't want to say anything because it was so obscure, and I wanted to see how it would play out as far as people coming out. Sometimes you want to keep the intel until you start seeing the the way that it comes out via other experiencers. Um, and something told me that, just like I got a preempt from another person, which we'll discuss in that video, um, I wanted to bring to, to everyone's attention that it was very important during the event to keep fear out of your your consciousness. It was the most important thing. And if you notice during that video, that was the one thing they kept cutting out. It wasn't so much that they were cutting everything out. They were purposefully cutting out when I said, don't be afraid. Keep fear out of your consciousness. Keep fear out of your, you know, your self-awareness because that was a, the way that I think the wave would have in, impacted you maybe in a more negative way, maybe in a low, more low field way. Right. So were you on Wi-Fi or cellular service? When I was on uh, cellular. Okay. Wi-Fi, I... wi no, Wi-Fi and cellular. Wi-Fi, because I was home. Yeah, and you were in uh, New York at that time, right? When I made the video, I was back in Orlando. I oh, you were? I when I experienced the event, which was Monday. 
it was in the morning. I flew out that night back to Orlando from New York. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's a lot going on here. I want to, so let's give a, just a two minute background on yourself. So how long have you been looking into the event? I know you, and you kind of probably been woke, woke up for a little while. You had your YouTube videos up in 2013 started your blog talk radio in 2016. So really quickly, just give a quick background for a couple minutes, and I really want to dig into this event. Well, I, I have spoken. I was one of the original um, people that came out speaking about extraterrestrials um, in connection to myself. I was a contactee. Um, I'm a regular person from Mount Vernon, New York. <laughs> I speak about that, but I had come out as uh, – really talking about some of the conspiracies or the lack of information and awareness of specific ET groups. That was basically my premise as to why I initially came out um, on YouTube making videos. As I progressed, you know, I've met phenomenal amount of people uh, from all walks of life um, regarding all aspects of metaphysics, <laughs> the UFO community, um, contactees, as, as well as, uh, uh, you know, abductees. And over a period of time, um, my, my awareness, my self-awareness has expanded to um, include aspects of spiritual enlightenment, you know, uh, as it concerns later on, I guess, to the event, kind of brought me to this, to, this, uh, to this event that I experienced firsthand. And actually, I listened to Allison Coe. Who I believe you had on your show previously. Oh yeah. Um, someone in my cipher, big up to the cipher crew, who's on SB Facebook. I have a, a secret group called the uh, Flurbrand Cipher. Who uh, I started as a group to collectively give intel privately um, and all aspects of the UFO um, experiences, experiencers, contactee, what ha what have you. But I listened to her video previous to me leaving for New York. Someone posted it. I thought I found it fascinating. I was a big, big, huge fan of Dolores Cannon. Um, a lot of her books I read uh, previously, especially um, Convoluted Universe. Um, I have a lot of respect for her profession and how she actually trained a lot of, what they call QHHT practitioners. That's the name I have written down. Yep. Um, they're phenomenal how they're able to um, bring past life experiences as well as go deeper and actually go um, and talk to quote-unquote the source. So I listened to Allison Coe, her video previously, maybe a week prior to the event. I really listened to it. I was fascinated. There was nothing that really held in my consciousness, and I kind of just let it go. Because again, as you know, there'll be a lot of intel on events, dates, that really never really come to fruition. Not necessarily. So this um, is something you weren't really like inundated in looking at. It was one week before you just looked into it. Yeah, yeah, and I was flying out to New York, so I really, it kind of just, you know, kind of went out of my head. It was nothing that I was thinking about or perseverating on. It was nothing that I really gave much credence to. I didn't think that it was untrue, but it was nothing that was holding in my self-awareness. So you said you were a contactee. Did you have face-to-face -face physical contact? Are we talking, okay, what group was that? The Andromedans. It's a group of Andromedans, a rogue group of Andromedans um, that were originally Mayan females that were from Earth originally. Um, they, after a cataclysm or during that time, they entered inner Earth. Um, they came upon a stargate that actually brought them to the Andromeda star system where they befriended a group of insectilians that they work with now 
um, to this day. And I was, you know, I was contacted with them from years ago, but it didn't become something part of my self-awareness until later on in time, as I started to speak out about having contact with ETs. I was having um, contact, you know, as far as having the visuals, which you're seeing the UFOs in the sky, which was a big thing that I, <laughs> you know, I, I really perseverated on for years. Um, but I was having flashes in the household, beings coming and talking to me. I'm a big Starbucks, you know, if you see my video, many people make jokes about myself. <laughs> I did see this. <laughs> um, but a lot of times I was getting people that were coming up to me individually, speaking to me, talking about UFOs, and I'm a woman of color. It's rare that you will see people come up to a woman of color, talking about ETs, talking about reptilians, just initiating those conversations um, without any preamp. So they, and, the Andromedans had blue skin, right? No, no, no. The Andro there's, a, there's a wide range of different types of Andromedans. The Andromedans that I'm in contact with are a group of melanin dominant, meaning they're copper skin or darker, with dreadlocks. And they were Mayans um, in a previous time when the Mayans had, quote-unquote, disappeared. But they went on the inner earth, and again, they did their exodus um, through a stargate to the Andromeda star system. They're not originally from there. They're actually indigenous um, earthlings. So did you go on their ship and stuff? And Absolutely. Well, I'm going to have to have you on again, I think, to explore <laughs> that, because that's a whole topic in and of itself. Absolutely. But let's go ahead. I want to get into this event. This is what this whole episode's about. So pre-event. So where were you? Uh, were you feeling anything beforehand? Was there anything out of the ordinary? We're talking like in the morning when you got up. How, how was that situation like? It was a regular, actually, I had been in New York City. I had flown in, I think it was Thursday night. Um, nothing abnormal for that weekend. I'm an island girl. I was enjoying time with um, some friends, family in New York. Actually, the Boogie Down Bronx. Big up to the Boogie Down Bronx. I was in the Bronx <laughs> enjoying myself. And it was the last day, so it was the morning of the event. I had been sleeping. I was fine. It was a little chilly that day. There was nothing. There was no preamp. There weren't any meditations. There was no, I didn't do any um, sort of uh, channeling. It was just a regular day in the Bronx. Okay. And it was not that. I, that's why I'm saying when it happened, I literally was shocked because when it was occurring, my self-awareness kicked on, and I said, oh, my gosh, I didn't believe. It's not that, well, I didn't believe that this was an actual event that would actually occur in such a substantial or tangible way. But when it did, I automatically, as I'm going through it, I said, okay, this is real, and I have to be heightened in my self-awareness. Okay, so now, when it actually hit, you were in New York, is that correct? In the Bronx, New York. Okay, Bronx. so what direction was it coming from? What were you seeing? What were you feeling, thinking? All I, the initial um, visual that I saw was a huge, the whole horizon was this beautiful, well. So you were I, outside? No, I was inside when I saw it over the horizon. Um, when I initially saw it, I, I was in the bathroom. And now there's something, there's a little extra to this, the preempt. So as I'm in the bathroom, I'm about to take a shower. There's a fog in front of me, like a weird kind of black figure. And I can't say what it was because it didn't show itself. It was odd. Something that was in front of me that I can't explain. And you didn't have like, the hot water running on the shower? No, no, okay. no. Then Rudolph of Germany, the tall white alien, some people know him on YouTube, um, stepped into the bathroom, permeated through a gate, and you could feel it. 
something like a shift, almost like a, something you see on Star Trek, like almost like a ripple came in and he stepped in. He confirmed this. So, um, you know, I'm not cuckoo for Cocoa Pups. <laughs> he walked into the bathroom, stepped in. He said, you can handle this. It's here. Your head, your head or your brain can handle this. You can, and basically we were talking about what was outside. And when I looked outside, that's when I saw the whole horizon was like this translucent rainbow color coming. It was the entire horizon where it was coming in. And it wasn't coming in super, super fast, but you could, it was like a wave. It's like a wave that's slowly coming in because it's so far away, but you can see it moving, coming towards you. And as soon as I saw that, I said to myself, okay, I've got to go to my girls. And Rudolph of Germany simply stepped over and was looking around the outside of the room, outside the bathroom, looking around, just acting as if this was normal for him to step in and permeate my, my general locale, like he's done this a million times. I wasn't so concerned about him. The fact that when he stepped into my perimeters, I knew for a fact that I was going to experience something that I could have never detailed, never preempted. It was something that was cr about to be crazy. So was this like a, a bubble? Like, is that how you describe it? Yeah. Translucent has a rainbow shimmery? The texture, the texture, the color. Just like when you blow a bubble, you see that weird kind of swirly rainbow color. It looked like that, but it was all over the horizon, like a big, big wave, like cloud wave. Cloud wave, but it had that texture, that look to it. it was it completely um, uniform or was there spotty spots? No, it was it was completely coming as one big huge okay. wave. It's like if you go to uh, places where there's uh, where I've seen huge waves, like Hawaii, you'll see waves that big and that wide that take the whole span of the beach and it's just coming all together. It may be a little, some of it may be a little further back, some may be a little more forward, but it's all uniformed as far as how it's coming. So what were you feeling as it was coming towards you? I was ready to, I was ready to find my little ones. That, that was the biggest thing. I, I knew that because it was coming, that was the first feeling that I had is to go to my little ones. And when I, I, don't, I didn't have a concept of, of how I was going to do this, I didn't have a concept of anything. So when I stepped outside, there were beings. Now, this is the crazy part about it. There were beings, people what looked like people that were showing up that were purposefully standing to deter me from leaving to go wherever I desired to go. I don't know if they knew where I was going to go find my children to have the experience with them because that's the first thing I thought is that I need to be with my little ones during this event. They would stand in front of me. It didn't matter if they were um, lunar, I say, you know, European males, lunar males, I say lunar. Um, it didn't matter if they were brown females. It didn't matter if they were brown males. They would change into different people that were deterring me from going forward to find my little ones. And as I was going forward, going through, um, I remember going over to the left, to my left, there was one female that was standing in front of me, and I had to keep my eyes on her because I felt like if I turned around, she would attack me. I felt like you can feel her vibration that she was a lower form being being almost like a shapeshifter. You couldn't see, she didn't shapeshift. She looked like a regular brown female, just that you would see in the city. But her vibration, her frequency, her, her level of her auric field was dark. And you, I felt like it was the same beings that were deterring me the entire time I was trying to get to my little one. So are you down on the street right now? Yes, yes. Okay. And as I'm backing up, I'm seeing her and I'm backing up. I'm walking backwards because I'm keeping my eye on her because I felt I had a self-awareness that if I turned around and turned my back to any of these beings, they would attack me or I had a feeling that they would take my memory away. 
I don't know why I felt that way. Call it simple paranoia, but that's how it felt. But they weren't natural. So as I'm backing up, I eventually get to my little ones. And right when I get into the room of my little ones, they're in bed. The, the wave had like a, like a mist to it, like a, maybe like a pink lavender mist that would permeate through the wall. It did not stop when it hit the walls. Normally, in your perception, you would assume that something like a wave outside of a building, outside of a house, would stop or be, you know, the, the doors would seal it out. This didn't do that. It permeated the walls, which made me a little disconcerted. Because even though you know it's coming, you're feeling my adrenaline is rushing. I'm seeing something coming through a mist with this wave coming through the walls. It made me a little antsy. No. So as you're seeing this coming, what, how fast would you say this wave was moving? I know it would be hard to dictate, but I mean, it seems like you had some time to... I had time. So if I had to add time to it, I would say from seeing it further away over the horizon, like a faraway wave, maybe I would, let's, put a, let's put a spacing on it, maybe around six, seven blocks, if you, if, if you know what blocks are in a city or... Um, Maybe the, the length of a football field, like the farthest end of a football field. That's how far it was. Oh, I could see it over the horizon. So as it's coming in, I would say it was moving at a slow but consistent pace. Okay. Slow and consistent. It wasn't fast. It wasn't going fast and rushing. It was slow. It was, it was like a wave, like coming slowly, like generally almost like building, building, but coming closer like that. And this, is this coming from the north? I felt it was coming from the north. That's okay. how I felt. Um, and before it hit the actual wall itself, I do remember there was a being, that same melanin-dominant female, that brown female that was standing there, that was attempting to sidebar me. Sidebar just means she was, she, she, I think she was attempting to harm me or hurt me or deter me from wherever I was going. As soon as that energy hit her, she dissipated and turned into a, like a black ash, and her ashes kind of flew upward just like eva uh, streams upward. As soon as it hit her, it evaporated her, which made me think. I wasn't nervous it was going to do that to me, but it made me think in my head, this is, it solidified that this is real. It was nothing I could make up. It was nothing that I could preempt. There, were, there was nothing I, I could draw on to understand that that was some, a concept that could have happened to anyone. Okay, so you're with your children in their room. In the bed. Okay. In the bed, came through the walls like a lavender pinkish kind of mist. And as it hits my body, every cell in my body you could feel. And I think I made a comparison to how it felt was if anyone's had surgery before, it's what happened. It's that feeling you have when they first give you anesthesia and you feel it going through every part of your body throughout your veins. That's how it felt. For those who've not had sur had surgery before, I can give it a likeness. Uh, I can liken it to when you're going on a roller coaster, and you're about to go up, and it's that anticipation, that feeling, and you can feel everything. You can feel your breathing. You can feel your breath. It's kind of like that. So if I had to bring another comparison that people can kind of liken it to, it could be the roller coaster going up, the anticipation. But for those who've had surgery, you know what that is. It's the preamp when you first get the anesthesia. That feeling of it going in every cell of your body, every, every vein, it's just moving through you. It affected everything in my body. It didn't paralyze me, but I grounded myself because as soon as it's going through you, 
you realize why I got a preempt from um, Rudolph of Germany. Okay, so this wave's coming, it hits you. So how does this whole experience last? Like, does it... So doesn't it's last that long. Really it doesn't short. Last long. A consistent moving wave. It just so happens that I'm the, I'm the solid that it's going through. So just like it was going through the wall and moving, it didn't stop, it didn't, it didn't hesitate. Just because I was feeling it didn't mean it was gonna, I was going to stop its momentum. It was consistently moving. So I would say maybe... I would say anywhere from 30 seconds to maybe two minutes because I, I can't give a true span because of how I felt. So in my level of self-awareness, I can say it could have lasted up to two minutes, but realistically, it could have lasted anywhere as, as to the lowest amount of 30 seconds. Okay, so how did that work? Was it a wall when it came, you came through on the other side or did oh. it just dissipate? When it came through the wall, it was like a mist. But I didn't, I, maybe I had my eyes closed at that point when it hit me. Because I don't think I really, I was bracing myself. Because it was coming through the walls. And that, that concerned me. Sure. So it hit me. My natural reaction, because I don't remember seeing it like hit me like that. I just remember feeling it at that point. And then when you got to the other side, could you see that there was the end to it? Or was it just all kind of? Look, but I did look outside and all... Over the buildings in the city, those the lower buildings, because I was higher up, over the buildings, you could see this ash going into the sky, like tons of ash. And I knew that it was moving. So every time it hit another person, that's my overstanding, my, my understanding, is that every time it hit a person that wasn't real, I call them empty cedars, they dissipated in this black ash. So in the sky, I can see all this black ash, more and more coming. But I see a beautiful, like a lavender pinkish hue in the sky. And my thoughts were, everything's changing. Everything's changed or changing. I could feel it. I could feel the energy of that wave transmute even the environment, so to speak. So what were people doing out on the street? Were they freaking out or were they? Some people saw it and were amazed and stood still like deer in headlights. That was some of the reactions. And then other people ran. They literally were terrified. So there was two reactions. People who were mesmer mesmerized by the oncoming wave. And then there were those who actually ran to lock the door. Like, basically, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not staying. I don't know what that is. Basic New York reaction. I'm seeing something. I don't know what it is. I'm out. I, it could be, you know, I, I'm assuming in their head they could think it's, you know, it could be something from a bomb. Remember, New Yorkers are pretty... Um, self-aware and have a healthy sense of paranoia based on a lot of the activities that's happened with the World Trade Center, what have you. Did you talk to any of these people afterwards? Absolutely not. No? No. Because you think there would be a lot of people like, oh, what has happened, you know, and there'd be a lot of people out on the street. and. I just think that after it happened, I think it was a lack of, I think a lot of people didn't think it was real. I, that's what I think. I think it, because of the way you felt afterwards, it was surreal. It was almost to the point where it was, you, you didn't want to justify how it came and you didn't have an understanding of what it was. I knew what it was, but I'm assuming, I can't speak for them because I don't know, you know, I don't know their level of self-awareness. I don't know if these people are, even have a concept of what this wave is. We, I had a preamp based on um, Allison Coe's video, but... And other, and other than that, I had also Rudolph of Germany show up out of the blue. So I knew something about that. But as far as everybody else's self-awareness, I kind of just left it as that. I didn't really ask any questions. I didn't talk to anyone about it. 
You'd think there would have been something on the local news or something about it. I think that there were a lot of weird glitches and things happening that day. I can't say this because, remember, I was flying out that night as well. So I think if I if there was anything or if it was denoted, I don't know that I paid attention. Okay. Because my amount of excitement, um, my feeling kind of overwhelmed. I was in my own world, in my own bubble. And the first person I called was my homegirl in um, Sweden um, and talked to her <laughs> at an odd time. She eventually called because she was at work at the time. Because remember, you know, that's five to six hours different. I called her at the time and denoted what happened. And she said there was weird, there was a weird occurrence anyway. But in Sweden, they're having that aurora, you know, from the solar flares as well. So she noted that there was a weird kind of feeling. And I said to her, I think it's coming from the north. I said, Europe is probably going to be feeling it if they didn't feel it already. Okay, so... Describe how you felt immediately after it went through. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Trans I felt transformed. I felt my consciousness had expanded. I had a level of awareness. I felt a connection to that wave, though. I will say that. And I didn't really conceptual. I didn't really have a concept of that until later. But I felt a connection, meaning that whatever it did to me in the transmutation of my cells, how it entered me, I felt that I was tethered to it meaning that I can feel it moving. I can feel people who are connected, who, who it's affected, meaning that if someone has, a, has had the event or they were personally transmuted by it or transformed by it, I feel a connection to them. So now are you feeling all this loving energy? I feel... Like, what did the, what did the wave accomplish? Like, did it change your mindset now? Is it everything clear? It, my mindset was pretty balanced which is interesting, and I think that's why I was one of the first responders. I think why I experienced it in such an overt way is because my level of consciousness was already in that frequency. You know what I mean? Like, I was already in the frequency of allotting or, or allowing something like this to transform me. I was okay with it. There wasn't any resistance. So after the wave came, I felt just more balanced. Um, I felt more, more enlightened. Um, and I started to see shifts in my perimeters based on people, places, and things. I started to see um, wonderful things happen to me oddly, just things, gifts, gifts that the universe does. You know, if I lost something, all of a sudden it resurfaces out of the blue. Um, if I'm going somewhere, I noticed that there was an extra sense of respect or integrity with the way that I was, people were engaging with me. I saw that even in my circle and in my cipher, there was an exodus of those who were not in the same frequency as myself, just naturally um, exiting my, my group. Like people separated. I saw that. I saw people kind of split apart. And I knew that the people who were splitting apart to the main group that had more integrity, um, were more light-spirited people, um, I noticed that there was a, more of a, a, a line drawn in the sand as far as people that I consider to be service to self as opposed to service to others. Because yeah, when I had Allison Cohen, she said it was going to be like taking off a pair of sunglasses and seeing a lot differently. Would you say that's accurate? I, I agree. I agree. So how's your interaction with people immediately after this? Because you had to go to the airport and stuff. More purposeful. More purposeful. More mindful. There was a, a sense of almost like a weight off the shoulder. I can say that. There was, I felt like a weight was off my shoulders. 
like the weight of the world. You know, if you're living in a world and, and, and your goal is to live cohesively and to, to live with integrity yourself and also raise, um, be effective in how you engage with people, you know, um, you know, I'm very, very animal or, you know, animal friendly. So, you know, I'm always a, a person who's an advocate for animals and the rights of animals. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a agricultural uh, nista. I like to call myself that. I'm a, a wonderful um, um, nurturer to the trees. I have that relationship. I just felt like everything around me started to match that more with the people that were engaging with me now. I felt like there was more, there was more of that, there were more that were aligned with me and those who weren't aligned with me kind of are fading away. So you, you could probably say that there's no negative people around you anymore? I feel like they, they, they left, yeah. Okay. So let's go long term. So now it's been a week and a half. What, yes. do, what do you got now? Well, I will say there was another occurrence that happened on a new moon, which was a Saturday on the, I think that was the 17th. Okay. Where another, it was an event, but it was nothing cohesive. I just saw the rainbow on my ceiling, on the ceiling. That's it. And then it kind of just dissipated and that was all I had. I didn't have any fear associated with it because I had already had an occurrence with it. So it was, it was unnecessary for me to build fear or have any anxiety about it. And I just remember that. But as far as now... But you didn't I feel anything from that that time? Not really. I No, no. Okay. I did. That time I didn't have any form of self-awareness with it. I just saw it and kept it moving. Um, but as far as now to this day, I feel phenomenal. I feel grounded. I feel in loving spirit. I see uh, actually, I'm actually seeing the world manifest in a way that I think is more cohesive. And I'm starting to see the unraveling of the veil in the matrix a little more, uh, uh, I see it a little more than before. Does it feel like it, any of that from that day faded away a little bit? Like you, it's not as strong, the feeling of... No. No, because what's happening now is that other people are coming out talking about their experience with the event in very, very slight ways. They don't, I don't know that they have as much self-awareness, but they're talking about it. And I think every time I connect with the, one of those who's had some sort of dealings with the event, it, it changes me. It's almost like their change changes me even more. It, 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 it affects me. Again, it's that connection to the wave. The wave did something by to our molecular structure that allows us to be connected to those who have had the event and also the wave itself. I can feel them. I feel compassion for them. There's a connection to those people who've had little aspects of the wave um, occur with, you know, however they see it or deem it. So I don't know what your health situation was, but is there any health benefits from this? I don't know that I've seen that yet. No, I'm pretty, you know, I'm a I'm a pretty cohesive person as far as health is concerned. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate of um, living a very natural, pathic way of life. Um, I was so thinking, I like, even maybe a small thing, like your knee was aching and then doesn't ache anymore, even something like that. I noticed that my body feels different. And if I could say that, my body feels like it's changing internally. Like, okay, so I like to break it down to a basic so as soon as the event happened, I was feeling, because I was in New York and I travel, and when I travel, you know, I can't eat everything. I, you know, I'm a Caribbean girl. I'm an island girl. I love my seeds and fruit. So I always 
bring everything with me and I'm non, you know, I'm a GMO, <laughs> a non-GMO advocate. <laughs> so, you know, I found that after the event, I was dealing with issues with my tummy. You know, I, I, I'm a mommy. So, you know, I always use these like little basic uh, terminology <laughs> issues with my tummy. And I found that when I came back, because I flew out that night after the event happened, I found that everything was working its way out. It was literally like my body was recalibrating and shifting and morphing into something that was healthier, if you can understand what I meant. Like I had a self-awareness of what to do immediately. So when I came home, I was like, okay, I need to get this particular type of um, alkaline water to this degree. I had a self-awareness to do things to heal myself automatically, where I had before, but it would take me time to think about it, maybe, you know, kind of remember what I used to do or think of something or look up something to help me. No, it would come into my mind and I would know automatically how to heal myself. Just even my little ones. Like if something, if something was bothering them, automatically something would pop in my mind and I would be able to deal with it and address it immediately. I found that to be part of the post of the event. Okay. Interesting. So do you think since a lot of QHHT practitioners said that everyone was supposed to experience this at one. I know you said you were the first responders. Do you think that maybe this is not the big event and maybe it's just a, a, the first like wave of the fan? I thought, yes, I thought that initially, but I have a different, I have a different thought of it now as I'm seeing it play out within the different factions of my own group. I personally think those who are matching the frequency of the wave, the first responders, the ones who had the initial, I, per, I, I think that they felt it first because they were already in alignment with the wave, if you understand what I mean. They were already in alignment with whatever that was supposed to, um, you know, boost people up or shoot them up to a certain frequency. I think that's why they, they were affected first. I think the wave is here. I think how it affects people is based on their consciousness and their level and their vibratory patterns and frequency. That's what I think. So I think everyone's experiencing it right now. I, perp I really believe everyone's experiencing it, but it's not affecting and people are not self-aware. So how they see it or how they perceive it is based on their level of consciousness and their level of awareness, self-awareness. Do you think that'll change and we will, everybody will see a wave come? No. No? No. Because even when I'm hearing certain people talking about the energies, let's just say the energies, because I have a group, and obviously I talk to a lot of people, contactees, what have you, on my show. And I found that there were people that were having physical symptoms, what I know to be the energies of the wave, that, um, that event, but they have no self-awareness. So I don't, they're not going to see the wave. They're not going to see the energies because they're not in, even in that self, that mindset. Do you know what I mean? Right. They, they can't perceive it. That's why I think certain people can perceive it. Those who are in that frequency could perceive it and actually have it affect them in a certain way. Whereas they're sleeping, there are, I don't want to say zombies, there are people who are just non-self-aware that are just matrix drones who are just going through life without any sense of um, connection, so to speak, to higher fields of consciousness. So they feel it, but they, they can't perceive it in a way that we are perceiving it. It's, it's almost like someone who can see auras, you know what I mean? You'll get psychics or those who are very empathic who can see your auric field. Yeah. And their perception is just based on their, their level of uh, spiritual uh, advancement, so to speak, right? But there are those who can't see auras. 
but they can feel when someone comes around them that is maybe lower in consciousness or negative. They can feel it. Yeah, but absolutely. They express it. Do you know what I mean? Just like that. So I forgot to ask, and I gotta I get this on record from you. What time the wave was when it hit? It's around eight thirty to nine a.m. on Monday. Okay. I would have been sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was interesting though, and again, I didn't believe. Can't say I didn't believe it. it. It, you know, we hear tons of intel all the time, especially in the in the in the realm of ET contactees, um, being in the whistleblowing communities. You hear dates, uh, you hear events that come and go, and there's nothing tangible to them. You hear it all the time. So when I heard it, it it resonated with me when Allison was talking about it. it did because I had a respect for how she was trained. I knew she was speaking to source and she was able to vest it out based on the fact that there were, there were different people from different walks of life, had no connection to one another, but when she reached a, depth, a deeper level of their subconscious, they all said the same thing. That's why I knew there was some uh, validity to it. So, you know, I'm just that type of person. If I hear, you know, sample research and if everything collectively is showing something common, it usually has some tangibility. So I knew there was there was something relevant to it, but I didn't think it would show up like this. And nor did I think I would get it firsthand in that way. Right. That's why a lot of us in this community are so excited about this when we hear it, because it's, it'll actually be, it's supposed to be something that we would see and have tangible. Absolutely. Yes. And we, and it was to some. Right. And you know, what's interesting. My little one had said that day later on that when they opened up Google, Google had a rainbow. You know when they have themes on Google, like every time you open every day, they don't see that's the subconscious. You see how the subconscious will pick it up and it will manifest it in synchronicities. Yes, absolutely. The rainbow was showing up even when I went to Starbucks because, you know, I do that. <laughs> I have a new drink. I forgot what the drink's called. It's like a rainbow drink. You see how that's how you know it's here. So even those who are asleep or don't are not at, I don't want to say because remember, we're all at different levels based on our, our soul group. And remember, we've all been newbies and we've been those who are, you know, basically the ones who are the, the, the ones who've gained the amount of spiritual experience and are here for the ascension process. We've all been at every level. So I never want to say someone is extra for having the experience and someone's not. It's just it's based on their level of consciousness and frequency at the time the wave's coming. And not everyone here is for ascension. There are groups here that are here to observe the ascension process, and you know what I mean, ascension, going to higher level, levels and realms, 5D plus, because it's not always 5D, is not, 5D is the base of the higher realms. Right, it's multiple. Realms, you can go to 8D, you know, you're going, <laughs> not all of us are at the same level. So, but those who are the least self-aware, meaning that they have a lack of synchronicity in their lives, they're not aware that there are any, anything outside of the matrix, you know, cues and trends. And those would not be aware that something like this is happening. And a lot of them who had the, the event um, affect them so far that I've seen, that I'm observing, are having ailments or problems showing up in the family or physical manifestations that are probably giving them cues that something's going on. So, you know, I think that is also how they experience the wave. Yeah, there's more than one person talking about experiencing this. And yeah. I don't think a lot of them come out like you said. They're, they're kind of staying in the closet about it. I, I, know, I know they are. <laughs> I know they are. Because obviously there's a stigma with it, too. You know, people can think you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I'm, I'm about this life, though. 
So, you know, as far as I always tell people I'm drug-free, I'm alcohol-free, I'm a mother, uh, and I am active in the community. I, I'm someone who has a sound mind, so to speak. So I'm speaking from a more tangible position, and I'm okay being a woman of a certain age speaking outwardly about it. Yeah, when, so, I, when I first looked at your videos, I was like, this woman's crazy. And then I started listening to her and then it's like, well, she knows a lot more than I do now. You're talking about different sub-reptilian groups. I was like, I don't even know their names. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, as time goes on, you're going to start to see people disclose a little bit more. Because even um, those who experienced the wave, if you listen to Allison Coates, actually in the first uh, time she expressed it, when she, she was just explaining it, she did say that some people won't be on Earth. And I noticed that one of the people that I know personally, she's actually in the UK, she said she had experienced the event, but not on Earth. She was taken, just like a gentleman online as well. He said he experienced it from a ship of some sort. I absolutely think that they took a lot of people up. I don't think many people can handle the energy, to be honest. It was the way that it affected me was intense, but I, I was prepared for it. You know what I mean? I grounded myself, and Rudolph of Germany gave me a preamp, and it allowed me to take off that, that anxiety. And I had a goal to go to my little one. So it's kind of like a, mom, a mama bear, like, I don't care what's coming, I'm going, to, going with the babies. <laughs> See, that, that kind of helps. That's a good point. We could be taken out of space time and not, not even know it, put back where we were. Do it all the time. Yeah. They do time. You know this in the contact and the abductee. Um, uh, uh, a community that's that's very that's part of our normal you know repertoire yeah. of engaging with a lot of these beings i never said this and, on the show but i've had i've woken up some days and seen marks on my body i have no recollection of what happened you already know that's <laughs> so. really the of having some interaction and it's not necessarily them doing it to you it could be the technology affecting your body sometimes you'll have or sometimes they actually leave things inside of you as a tracker and it's not necessarily to harm you, but it's sometimes it's actually to protect you from other groups that might incept or may have a level of interaction with you that they're not okay with. That's interesting. Um, one thing real quick. So after this event, did you feel sleepy at all? Because I know that was supposed to be a thing. This week, no. This week, uh, now that I will say, I was that for like uh, what this whole week. It's spring break for our little people here in Orlando. And I found that I had lost all my energy. I literally, I couldn't sleep. Number one, because it was a couple of us up all night, like from different ends of the country. Like one was in Canada, one was in Sweden, one was in Atlanta, Georgia, one was in like Texas. And we could not sleep. We were amped up, but we were exhausted, like literally exhausted. And then yesterday, I felt like I lost all my energy, like I was zapped. And that could be from the coronal um, ejections from the sun. Right. So that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, because I was feeling the energy on the 18th. It's like, is it the event or is it the CME? It human residence or a combination could, of everything it, it could be a culmination of everything i think everything's relative you know we always tend to compartmentalize things by saying one thing can happen that's it nothing else affects anything else everything interacts it's just like your organs you know the heart needs the lungs the lungs need the bloodstream the veins need everything we have to start to be a little more self-aware that things are not just one way they, there's a multitude of things that coincide with one another that could have the same result. Absolutely. So do you have anything else you want to say before we close out here? I think it's, um, I'm grateful that you're covering this. I, I wanted to say to everyone, this is a beautiful time on the planet. We should be really grateful that we've chosen to 
manifest and incarnate on this planet at this particular time to experience the um, the new cycle and actually see the ascension process take place. So I would say if anyone feels like they're undergoing aspects of the event, to keep fear out of it, to accept that whatever level of consciousness and vibration that you're on, that you will experience it in the way that's, ha that's for your best and greatest good. And that's all it's for. Right. It's not here to harm you, and it's, and it's actually something that's here to clean and clear and allow for higher, um, you know, more cohesive energies to take over because this planet has been under tyranny for a number of eons now, for at least one eon at least. And one thing I do want to say, I feel less negative thoughts. I mean, these that's last right. week for sure. So, so yeah, maybe it's all part of it. It's affecting you. Whether, whether you it's consciously or tangibly being seen, it's doing its work on the underlay, on the back leg. So however it shows up, it's, it's going to do its job. And, that, and this is something that's occurred. They said this is something that's not an anomaly. This has happened every 26,000 years. It's actually something, it's a clearing before the pole shift. And I think it's necessary. So you want to plug your blog talk radio? What is it, Reptilian <laughs> Bloodline? <laughs> oh, you're so silly. <laughs> it's, um, everyone knows me as Fleur Brune. I'm on um, Facebook, um, you know, Andromeda and Sea Star Fleur Brune. I do have a private uh, group, a secret group called Cypher, which is a bunch of wonderful, magnificent people from all walks of life, from every end of every part of this, this, um, this earth, from every country, and we collectively come together to share intel um, with a sense of purpose and, you know, to allow for more cohesion amongst different groups of people. Um, you can always contact me by, through Del Goddess, D-E-L-G-A-D-D-E-S-S -S at gmail.com if you have questions, if you want to set up a key session to, to talk about uh, levels of contact or, you know, like I said, I'm a spiritual muse. I allow, I kind of open up the doorways of possibility and plausibilities in your life to allow for better cohesion for your future. And uh, I think that in Black Talk, you can, Aquarius Rising Night Date, you can always listen to me every Thursday night. We have wonderful people calling in. We have ETs calling in. It's very interesting. <laughs> and we talk about a multitude, a multitude of uh, different um, topics. So every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can always find me on Blog Talk at Aquarius Rising Night Gate. Awesome. Well, Florburn, thanks for joining me. This was, I'm so glad you came on and did this. There's a lot of people that had a lot of questions about it. I know I did. And <laughs> absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Well, absolutely. So you in the audience, go ahead and leave some comments. Maybe some of you have experienced this. I know I'm still hoping for something. I mean, I, otherwise I kind of want my money back here, but, <laughs> but we're, we're going to all in this together. So, uh, We'll see how everything rolls here. So thanks for joining me. And this is Dan Holfeld with Talk is Cheap.